0: Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Cameron Brown. Cameron, are you ready to do this?
1: Let's do it, George.
0: Excellent. Let's do this. Cameron has a fascinating background. He's been a recording artist, a retail sales professional, a bullying and suicide prevention activist, a world traveler, coach, speaker, a minimalist, and now a National Geographic explorer. I'm really excited to have you on. Cameron, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do.
1: Sure thing. Uh, So I grew up in, originally grew grew up in Australia, and have really spent the past decade now with a mission to empower people across the globe. And that's taken me to many countries now, and I, which I absolutely love and resulted in people from a, I think 195 countries now seeing the videos that I've created um, in terms of music and videos to empower people and the talks that I've delivered. So very, very appreciative for that. Uh, but I, you know, I'm a big believer that the empowering people is the key to solving our world's greatest challenges because if we as human beings and our companies that we run can develop that clarity of purpose the courage to execute which really then includes the overcoming any limits that we have in our thinking whether it's money limits whether it's relationship limits whether it's uh yes i can succeed or no i can't uh, the ability to then innovate no matter what we're being exposed to that's really going to allow us to maximize the technologies that are coming, uh, overcome any challenges that we're facing as a species right now because you know, we're, at, we're at a time where uh, the way I see it is we have a finite amount of time to, to solve some of these really big challenges that we're facing and the more that we can empower people the better off we're going to be.
0: Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with that and I appreciate appreciate the work that, 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 that you're doing because I think that it is so essential. Uh, I was listening to somebody talk this morning about the state of our politics here in the United States And one of the things that they were talking about and that's that's potentially leading to This tribalism is a feeling of hopelessness and I feel like maybe that's what you're talking about as well Um, If you can help empower people then they'll pull themselves out of that. Do you think that that's right?
1: Yeah, I I think the the way that it happens from a human behavioural point of view is either you're getting your needs met internally or you're needing to get them met externally. And if you're able to get and feel whole and complete internally, then there's hopefulness. There is empowerment. There's the feeling that no matter what I'm being exposed to in the world, I can do something about it. Whereas if something in the external world is impacting and whether it's politics, whether it's a relationship, whether it's money, whatever the external thing is, the moment that you feel that the external environment has power over you is the moment that you will feel powerless because you feel that you don't have the opportunity or the ability to create what you want to create out of this. So yeah, whether it's politics or something completely different, um, it comes down to, are you getting your needs met internally or externally? And the more that you can get them met internally, then the external world just becomes an added bonus.
0: I think that that's definitely spot on. And so from your website, it said, um, helping to show people what's possible no matter where you came from. And I think that that that's that's really what that's striking at, right? Doesn't matter what your background was, if you came from Australia or Florida or wherever. Recognizing what's possible, um, do people not have a sense that they're capable of of doing whatever they want? Is, is is that what that's getting at, or what are you saying there?
1: You know, I actually had a conversation with a, with a pretty successful guy, uh, last week, and and he questioned me whether somebody can actually change their emotional intelligence. And my answer is absolutely they can. It comes down to, though, when it comes to emotional intelligence, you've got two main parts. There's some other smaller parts, but the two main parts are you have awareness around why you do what you do, and then you're able to do something about it. You're able to regulate your behavior. So there's awareness and regulation. But what happens with a lot of people is because uh, over time, the beliefs have become so ingrained that they become unconscious, that it becomes, but this is just the way that I am. And the moment that you feel and think that that's the case is the moment that you've disregarded any potential changes that you can make. But the makeup of, of human behavior is that your values will shape your beliefs. Your beliefs shape your thoughts. Thoughts shape actions and actions shape results. And if you try to change, this is what a lot of people do. They try to change their money habits, for example. That's an action. They might even change their thinking. Oh, I'm going to think rich. I'm going to you know, think and think and think and think. But if you don't change the underlying behaviors that were limiting you in the first place, if you don't change the values that are guiding everything that you do, then you're gonna be fighting against this constantly and then that will only then reinforce ah see it doesn't work, see it doesn't work see I can't do it, see I'm not able to achieve this and so that's what happens is that we're only getting usually people are often only getting to a surface level problem which means they're only going to come up with a surface level solution and they're going to be fighting against their unconscious behaviors that have formed over usually decades
0: and that's uh, are 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 people's Emotional intelligence is that forged by the way that they were raised, so that that, that is essentially the outside world putting restrictions on your ability to, to, to really achieve your fullest potential, or is that how, how, how else would that matter? Yeah,
1: yeah, it, it, it's definitely a big part of it. I mean, this is why I'm a big believer that emotional intelligence, or whatever you want to call it in schools, it should be a compulsory subject because we're teaching stuff but we're not teaching how to understand ourselves and especially with new technologies like social media, for example, all that's doing then is magnifying how we really feel about ourselves. If we don't feel good enough, then we need the likes, we need the comments, we need the shares. If I don't feel good enough or whole and complete, I need the money to be able to buy things to show that I'm good enough and still I feel empty inside. There's a reason for that. And when it comes back to, the education that isn't being done both in schooling systems as well as in companies as well. I big believer that it still isn't being uh, educated and people aren't being educated enough on helping to them understand themselves. And so it becomes then that, yeah, whatever you're exposed to, that can potentially be dictating your behavior rather than you making it mean whatever you want to make it mean. I remember there was this a uh, Story that I heard a, a, a long time ago, and there were these two twins that got uh, they had an abusive father, and they ended up getting adopted out, fostered out, and they interviewed these two identical twins later on in life. And to one of them, they said, uh, you know, because he had a really uh, successful family, really uh, you know successful life, and all of this, it was just a beautiful life that he could be able to create for himself. And they said, why why have you been able to do that? And he said, well, with a father like that, what would you expect? And then they went, uh, went to see the other guy and he had fallen into deep depression and mental health issues, being very abusive to himself, uh, abusing alcohol and all of this. And they asked him the same question. He said, why has this happened? With a father like that, what would you expect? <laughs> and so it is exactly the same situation, but somebody has responded in a different way. And yeah, that does partly come down to what you've been able to grow and been able to evolve into as a human being. But if you're not consciously and proactively creating that version of yourself, then there's a very good chance that it's going to be reliant on the certain situations and experiences that you're exposed to rather than you, again, feeling very empowered to be able to be exposed to anything in the world. And still be able to handle it and still be able to respond in the way that you want to respond to allow yourself to live the life that you want to live and have the choices that you want to have
0: got it so conscious and proactive that's so once once we sort of recognize okay maybe my thinking the way i'm approaching life and the way i view the world is limiting me Mm. how so I I I I guess there's two things. Um, The first being the problem that there's a lot of people that are they're they're not flipping that switch on. Um, So so why don't we start there? And you, you mentioned there's a lack of education in the classroom and and also potentially through organizations or companies. Um, but I I guess the problem is that if. I'm not able to recognize it, and nobody ever tells me about it. Then maybe I'll never mm. flip that switch. So, how yeah, do we address yeah. that problem? I, I suppose that that's what you're working on.
1: Well, that yeah, exactly, and and that's why you know shows like yours are, are very important. Is when we're talking about these issues because someone can tune in. Because here's the thing: the the way to flip the switch is realize well this is an area that I'm not getting results that I want in. If, you're not, if you haven't got enough money in the bank account, if you haven't, if you haven't got a career that you absolutely love and adore, if you're not doing what you're most passionate about, these are signs that something's off track, but it's a surface level sign. Once you've got the surface level sign, you can go, ah, so I notice I'm not getting the results I want in this specific area. You ask the question, what are the results that I do want? So then once you go, right, these are the results that I do want, okay, what's the limiting factor here that's getting me getting in the way of me actually getting what I want. And it could come down to, and if you really get down in and honest with yourself, well, I don't have the money because I don't believe I'm worth it. You know, that's, that's a, that's a very common one. Uh, and so all of a sudden then there's a consistent behavior that ensures that I never have enough money, which then reinforces the belief that I have that I'm not good enough. Yeah. And so once you're then able to understand what is the core thing. Now, that's just one example. There are many examples. Uh, Those tuning in, it'll come down to who you are, what you've been exposed to, what you believed out of that that you've been exposed to. But when you can get down to the core of what's really playing out, then you can go about changing it. But until you get to the core, then again, you're only going to be solving surface level challenges.
0: And. Do you think that the majority of people can self-diagnose or is it having somebody that they can talk to kind of an outside influence outside influencer looking at them and saying, "Well, maybe you should yeah. also think about this?"
1: Yeah, I mean, I I went through a lot of training in my on my own. I I look at some of the things that I went through, especially earlier on of uncovering things that went back to childhood. Uh often that's going to take something external or someone external. Now, whether that is uh, someone like myself, either coaching or speaking, whether it's a book, whether it's a workshop, whether it's something else completely different, it could even be a a piece of music. Uh, It could be a poem. It could be anything that allows you to get to where it is that you're wanting to go. But often it's going to take something external because if with these belief systems that we form usually when I do a breakthrough day with a client. I only did one a couple of weeks ago with a with one of my uh, great new clients, and and we we got back to stuff that had been holding holding them back for many 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 years. And usually it is it's back to childhood, back to childhood. And so if that's gone down unconsciously, then it's going to take for a pretty monumental shift in your behaviour to be able to self diagnose it. Now, it's not to say that you can't. There's absolutely been certain things that I've been able to overcome that other people that I'm connected to have been able to overcome themselves. But to get there faster and to maybe uncover where absolutely deep was the deep-rooted problem and where it came from, that often takes some kind of external piece, which, again, it could be this podcast. It could be a workshop. It could be a a, a keynote. It could be somebody that you're uh, getting coached by or mentored by wherever it comes from, often that's what's going to need to happen.
0: So I also saw on your website that, and this is something that that, that I talk a good amount about, how the vast majority of employees in North America are either not engaged in their work or they're actively disengaged, and it's an astronomical cost to these organizations. So if you're coaching organizations, which, which I know you do, I wrote down a question that that I was going to ask, and it was in the eyes of an employee saying, I don't like my job. What should I do? But then I realized that it's I don't like my job. What can I do? And if you're the CEO or the CFO or whoever is in charge of growing the organization, how would you coach them to help their employees?
1: Yeah, the first part comes down to culture because somebody might not enjoy what they're doing because they're not a cultural fit for the organization and where the organization is going. But the way, way I see it is that you've got culture, uh, you've got the processes and everything that has to be done within the organization. And then you've got the training of people and, and making sure that the, the leaders are uh, inspiring their team to achieve more than they would have been able to otherwise. I, the way I see it is that there's a, a few key challenges here. One is a cultural problem and, and clearly articulating the culture the second is organisations actually living and breathing the culture, uh, because there's a lot of lot of organisations. The reason that the disengagements there, the leaders are disengaged. Is that they say that this is what the culture is, and it's completely different to what they say it is. Um, and so whether that's, whether there's a bullying culture, whether it's a low performing culture, staff aren't feeling like they're able to achieve what they could possibly achieve in the organisation. Now, on the other end of the spectrum is that let's say our culture is really great. That somebody is not feeling good enough to be able to do what they want to do and to live how they want to live, then they're going to find a career that uh, reflects that. And they'd rather continue complaining about something rather than do something about it. And that comes down again. An organization and we're talking about from an empowerment point of view now within the individual and the individual human being here is that if there is an organization that has a certain culture, it's your responsibility then to work out is this aligned to what it is that I'm wanting to experience in this lifetime and if it is based on who I'm becoming, then that's a good match and that could be an absolutely amazing career. If it isn't, it's your responsibility to understand these are the values that I hold dear. These are the beliefs that I have in terms of the empowering beliefs. This is the way that I want to behave and this is the way I want to act within an organization and the results I want to generate. Now I'm going to go about finding something that is actually a fit. So there's yeah, there's there's two responsibilities here. There's the responsibility of the company to be able to provide a working environment that really empowers the employees and the leaders are empowering the employees as well, not just the, the organization overall. But then it's the responsibility of the, of the individual human being to ensure that they are in alignment with the culture because that is then an extension of who they are rather than it's just something that they do on a daily day basis.
0: That's really great stuff. And I, one thing I always kind of struggle with is we have a choice to Whether to be fully engaged in our lives or not and to find purpose in the work that we're doing. But I always am am reticent uh, because I don't want to make it so simple and so trite that we'll just choose to do it. But from our conversation, I'm getting the idea that it does come down to a choice, but that's just the first step. So you need to choose to do it and then you need to actually employ tactics.
1: Yes. I mean, you've, you've got to have tactics in place. Otherwise, it's just a lofty dream that will never come true. Yeah. Um, and it, it does come down when I mean, when I when I work with clients, I, I explain and show how, how simple it is. If you think about it, uh, you've got the outcome that you want to experience. And then once you get clear on that, you realize, well, this is where I am right now. And the actions that I was going to take, imagine just like a square, right? The top left-hand side is the outcome you want to experience. The bottom right-hand side is where you are right now. The way that a lot of people in this life, and that's why there is so much unhappiness and so much disengagement within organizations, but then within people's personal lives as well, is the actions they were taking, they wanted something different. But the actions they were taking were only going to get them as they move towards the left-hand side of that square, the left side, they were only going to make it halfway up the line towards their outcome. And you can see that that was always going to be the case with the actions they are taking. They were never going to get to where they want to go. So, of course, that's going to lead to unhappiness because they have an outcome they want. They've got where they are right now. And what they're doing isn't getting them to where they want to go. Now, you've got two to- two choices. It's It's as simple as this. Either change your actions, which comes down to changing your thoughts, changing your belief structures, changing your values to be in alignment with who it is that you're needing to become to be worthy of that outcome or reduce your reduce your vision in terms of the outcome you want to achieve. There's no right or wrong about it. It just comes down to ensuring that those two line up because that's what will lead to fulfillment. Some people want billions of dollars. Others are very happy and content with X amount of money, right? And so but the key thing here is that making sure that it's lining up with who it is that you're wanting to become. Because if it's not, then you're going to experience unhappiness. You're going to feel disengaged. You're going to feel disempowered and you're going to feel like you're not living up to the potential that you have.
0: Uh, that is really well said. Well, Cameron, Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them?
1: Awesome, man. I, I think we've kind of covered it in that get to the core of the problem you're facing. It's easier to get to the surface level challenge that you're facing or blame somebody else for the challenges that you're experiencing. But the moment that you take responsibility for the results and non-results that you're getting, then the greater empowerment that you have and then you can get to the core of what's really going on rather than the, the change that you're gonna create is going to be surface level and short term. Getting to the core of the problem and shifting that and taking action accordingly is going to create long term change and it's going to be transformational for you. Well, that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. Cameron. Awesome. Thank you,
0: <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you?
1: Yeah, George, it's been great. Great being here today. Uh, Thriving thrivingcollective.com is the company site. Uh, that I run and on all social platforms, ASK Cameron Brown. So ask Cameron Brown
0: and individuals can engage with you, but also companies.
1: Yeah. Usually, usually the, the people that I'm working with are running companies or leaders within companies, but, uh, yeah, I have people from all walks of life following the following the staff, thousands of people all over the world. So yeah, we'd love to hear, hear from you guys.
0: Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Cameron your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to thrivingcollective.com, follow him on social media, and I will link all those in the notes of the show. Thank you again, Cameron.
1: Thanks, man. Cheers.
0: And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.
1: What's up, Savage Nation? Please support
0: the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on!